Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Peter Gabbett Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Timothy Hankst, and today is June 16th, 2020, which means I'm on day 185 in a row of 365 promised episodes that brings you unedited, unscripted, improv, news, movies, music, sports, food, entertainment, and all things except politics. I got to do a birthday shout out for this gal. I have actually known her for so many years, probably since I was like eight or something incredibly young like that. Erica Pearson, who actually, judging by her last name, maybe we've said it wrong all these years. I was reading it the other day. I'm like, is it person or Pearson? I even had this discussion with my friend Chris Connors, and we both decided We've said it correctly all these years. Erica Pearson, happy birthday to you. Incredible how long I've known this girl. And she is so sweet and kind-hearted. And I lived just around the corner from her for most of my childhood. I gotta say, it was only later in the years that we actually hung out a few times. You know, only because she's a gal, I'm a boy, and uh, as a young boy... I stuck to my crew of dudes, especially because I was shy and wasn't really good with the ladies. But I'll never forget one night when my friend Nathan was at my house and he says, Hey man, let's sneak over to Erica Pearson's house where her and Casey Rock are hanging out. And I thought, oh man, how cool am I that I'm going to sneak over to a girl's house tonight. I'm going to feel so cool. But I didn't. Because, of course, only the Casanova known as Nathan was able to creep his way into the window and sort of cuddle up with these two chicks, you know, in in like a bed setting or whatever. And I, you know, just like a loser that I was, sat outside the window, you know, embarrassed and not really able to be that cool and actually sneak into her window as well. You know, I was just, I was afraid. That's flat out what it was. But I will say this, I had a great relationship with her the whole time I knew her. She's a fantastic gal. She recently bought some extra spicy barbecue sauce off me. I hope she likes it, and I hope she has a wonderful day. Happy birthday once again to you, Erica Pearson. Yay! Airlines are cracking down on people who choose not to wear a mask. In fact, now they're saying that for some airlines, if you choose not to wear a mask... They'll simply mark down what you've done, and in the future, when you try and rebook a flight or something, you'll get flagged as someone who doesn't go by their rules, and they might deny you an opportunity to fly again. And some airlines are going to an even more extreme fashion to ensure that people are wearing masks and don't break their rules. In fact, Southwest and American Airlines and Delta are stating That if you refuse to wear a mask on one of their flights and they offer you one and you still refuse it, then you may never be able to fly with their airline again. This is crazy. You can't fly with their airline ever again because you chose not to wear a mask? Isn't that only detrimental to yourself? I mean, sure, you could be a carrier of COVID, but if you actually have it and you're not asymptomatic where it seems like it's not going to be able to be spread. If you actually just have 
full-on symptoms and you're sick, then you're not going to fly anyways, most likely. And if you do, then you're an idiot and you deserve to get banned. But if you don't and you just hate wearing the mask like me and you feel like you have trouble breathing when you're in the sky in an airplane anyways, like me, and now here they have you forced to wear a mask that gives you even less oxygen to your messed up little lungs, like me, then you're going to get screwed. You're not even going to be able to fly back from where you fly to because they're going to mark you down as a non-mask wearer rule breaker that they don't want back on their airline. This is nuts. I'm pretty worried about the flight I'm taking in August because I was pretty excited that I didn't have to wear a mask. And now, I do. I was reading this article for fun because I couldn't get past the headline that said, How to Cough Less When Smoking Weed. Yes, how to cough less. I'm pretty sure we all know how to cough less when smoking weed. Don't smoke it as fat as you normally do when you take a giant rip and cough your lungs out. Or perhaps stop smoking shitty weed. That sucks and makes you cough because it's mostly plant material and cytoplasm and cell walls and all that nasty crap. Or here's another reason. Stop smoking blunts. Blunts are disgusting. They should only be smoked for a special occasion or if you have a large quantity of shitty weed that you don't want to waste and you'd rather smoke it, you can smoke blunts because, let's face facts, it's not going to taste better out of a bong. But if you have really good weed... There is absolutely no reason to smoke it in a blunt form. It's especially stupid when people take really dank weed and crumble up a small amount of it into a big, thick, nasty, cheap blunt wrap, which they then break up with their fingers or some kind of razor blade that you don't know if that's clean, and then lick the crap out of it. In order for it to stick, because it's not a specific blunt wrap for rolling weed blunts, it's probably like a Swisher Sweet that doesn't have any stickum, and they spit all over it, and then spark that bitch up before they even dried off their own spit. Well, now you're smoking mostly paper and spit and hardly any actual weed. Wouldn't it make more sense to take one nug of that weed and pack it into an icy cold fresh bong, take a death rip out of that, and you're high as a kite for the rest of the day? So to me, there's many ways you cannot cough when you smoke weed. One of them is, take smaller hits. Number two, don't smoke swag. And number three, do not smoke blunts. They're just terrible. It's an old fad that needs to die off. UFC Commissioner Dana White has spoken about the last two and final fights of his contract for Anderson Silva before inevitably... Most likely, hopefully, he will retire. He's lost seven out of his last eight fights, ladies and gentlemen. That's hard to say about a guy who won. I think he defended his middleweight title for like seven or eight fights in a row. So this guy, who was by far one of the baddest and most scariest dudes the UFC had ever seen, is on the absolute ass end of his career at age 45, and at this juncture, at this stage in the game, Dana White doesn't know what to do with him. That's what he flat out said. He's like, I don't know what to do with this guy.
Now, a possible fight between Anthony Pettis and Anderson the Spider Silva won't happen. Silva fights at 185, Pettis at 145, and not to mention, Silva is actually a walking 205 before he preps for a fight. So he's higher up than his weight even says when he does fight. That puts Dana White in quite the predicament. Because now he has to find somebody, two guys, that'll fight Anderson Silva that won't beat his ass insanely quickly and make his career just get tarnished and look like garbage at the end. But also will be able to put up quite a bit of a fight against the Spider Silva and draw a crowd because you want this guy to leave on a massive payday. He has put in work in the UFC over the years, fighting everybody who is anybody and beating the ever-loving shit out of each and every one of them. Now, the fact that he's lost seven out of his last eight, that does not make it likely that whoever he does fight, especially if it's a young guy, will lose to him in an honorable fashion and accept a small payday and allow Anderson Silva to go in the record books with a couple wins at the end of his career. I believe whoever he fights will smash him because something happened when he snapped his foot during that one fight where he kicked, I don't even remember who it was, he kicked somebody and his foot shattered and started flopping around and he had to stop the fight because he couldn't even stand on it. It was all busted up, broken in multiple spots. I believe you cannot recover from that fully and I think that's what's happening to the guy. And also confidence is a factor. You know, once you start losing after all these years of winning, you begin to forget what it's like to get that W and you start to fear people every time you enter that octagon. Now, I'm not sure Anderson Silva really fears anybody. But I would love to see Silva versus McGregor. That's probably not going to happen. But if it does, imagine the payday, people. Imagine the payday. The fact of the matter is, we're probably going to see Anderson Silva fight a couple nobodies. Maybe he'll beat one of them. Maybe the other will beat him. And it'll be someone who probably looked up to him when they were young and just destroyed his legacy with their fists. Only time will tell, and Dana White will be the final decision maker in that respect. So who will Anderson the Spider Silva fight in his final two fights in the UFC? Who do you want to see? I don't understand how there's always some kind of weird issue at the KFCs in the UK. You know, why is there even KFCs in the UK anyways? You know, don't they have their own fried chicken fast food chain? Apparently not. But at a fast food KFC drive-thru in the UK, a man was absolutely humiliated, he said, just embarrassed when they refused to serve him at the drive-thru because he was on a horse, a horse and buggy, instead of in a vehicle. Now, I don't see why they wouldn't serve him. It doesn't really make sense to me. I mean, Hell, if I'm a franchise owner, I'm saying serve anybody who has money. Just serve them. doesn't matter to me what they come. You can come in in a snowmobile, you know, a tricycle, anything. This guy came in a horse and buggy. They refused to serve him. I don't know if there's like a stipulation involved with their drive through about which type of transportation you can be in. Or maybe they don't like showing live animals that they're serving dead animals in front of them. 
and they thought it would be rude to the horses. Like, I don't know. But apparently this guy says he was just blown away that they wouldn't serve him. And he had been to the McDonald's up the street from them multiple times, never had an issue. They served him with his horse and buggy in tow. I don't know what's going on in any of this because it's freaking me out like that. That first off, that there's KFCs and McDonald's everywhere in the UK. I mean, I know there's McDonald's pretty much everywhere, but KFC? I mean, how many people sitting around in England are like, I bloody wish I had me some extra crispy KFC for dinner. Why can't we just go to Kentucky Fried Chicken and get myself a big bucket of good old fried chicken? I'm just, I'm not seeing it. I don't know how that's possible, but I guess it is. And yet this guy was refused service because he had a horse and buggy. I mean, is that not the original form of horsepower? Just serve the dude. In fact, give a biscuit to his horse. Wouldn't you think it was cool at your boring fast food job? sitting there all day serving people in their crappy little British cars with three wheels sometimes and saying, ah, man, you know, I hate my life so much. Oh, wait, here comes a couple horses. Awesome. You know, like what? You can't open the window? You think the horse is going to peek its head in and lick something and then it's all, you know, unsanitary or maybe the COVID? You're worried that the horses are carrying large quantities of the COVID-19 and they're going to spit it at you? I don't understand why they didn't do it. They should have done it. KFC, get on your peeps. Tell them to serve dudes and horses and buggies. I mean, how often is it going to happen anyways? A famous celebrity from San Diego, in the form of a tortoise, has returned home to his native land in the Galapagos Islands after virtually saving his entire species on account of how much sex he had. That's correct. Diego the tortoise has returned to Española of the Galapagos Islands, an uninhabited island that's strictly there to produce these giant tortoises, which were down to approximately 12 or 15 total before Diego started impregnating one after another Year after year, they say he had up to 800 babies, all on account of his very active libido. Now, this tortoise is said to have basically saved his entire race, his entire species, for about 2,000 of them to now exist. That's crazy to think about. There was 15... Now there's 2,000, all thanks to Diego's penis. Yep, well done, sir. Not only did you live the life of a famous tortoise known around the world, you're a savior of your species, so they all better appreciate you. Plus, you had more turtle sex than like any human has ever had in human sex ever, and it was all with different tortoises. I mean, granted, some were in your own family line, so that's, you know, I guess that's sort of an incestual thing going on. But still, from 15 to 2,000, now these 15 that have worked so hard for the spreading of their species to expand instead of go extinct are all returning to the Española in the Galapagos Islands 
to be free. No longer does he have to have sex with other tortoises. He probably will. Because based on what he's done so far, and he's over 100 years old, he is still trucking and wants to keep doing his thing. Now, all I know is, mad props to you, sir, because I tell you, I'm getting old. I'm 34. I don't even feel like I care that much anymore. You know? It's like sex has always been a big deal to me my whole life. But I can't imagine 100 years old, still looking for it, still doing it, still not pulling out. Congrats to you, Diego the Giant Tortoise, for spreading the love and spreading your species out and saving it single-handedly, or I should say, single-penisly. Folks, it's time for the portion of the Peter Gabbett Podcast. We have all been waiting for. I'm surprised it's even here because I will say at the beginning of today, the app I use, Anchor, as fantastic as it is, it was down for a couple hours into the morning, but the people there are so great, they immediately recognize this. They got on it, and it is fixed, and here I am, only a few hours late for my podcast today, all thanks to the hard workers of the Anchor app, and you know what, Spotify too. Now there, it's Spotify has bought out Anchor, making Anchor its sister app, so you know what, thank you to the hard workers that got it done. And now it's time for Real Stories, brought to you by Peter Timothy Hankst and Barbecusion, folks. Today I'm going to tell you the story about when I unknowingly spit on a bunch of people at the Rose Parade. Yes. Yep. I mean, I'm not going to lie. What I did was, it was one of the seven deadly sins, I'm certain, because I flat out spit maybe... 10 or 12 times off of this edge of this parking garage that I couldn't see over the edge of. It was too high of a wall. I would just spit over the edge of it. And little did I know, some crazy stuff was going down. So when I was in Portland once, didn't even know it was the day of the Rose Parade. Had no idea. It was just buzzing around, being all stoned or whatever I did. And I'm just cruising the streets and hanging out with some peeps. And we decide coming from the north end of what would be the Rose Parade to go smoke a bowl. And I'm thinking, you know what, let's, you know, let's go to this parking garage. It looks like it's pretty much almost abandoned. I don't see anybody there. There's nothing going on. I don't hear anything. So it seems like a good place to smoke. So we crawl up to the very top level of this parking garage and somebody's got a bottle of booze. So we take a couple swigs of that and something about drinking liquor and smoking weed makes me salivate too much and makes me want to reject this in the form of spit. You know, especially when I smoke weed, I'm like, hey, I don't want all that built up smoky saliva to be stuck in my mouth and I, I ain't swallowing it. So I'm spitting it out. You know, whether it offends people or not, I've always been a guy who spits openly and in public. Judge me if you will. I do not care. So I'm up here on this like, I don't know, 8th or 10th level of this parking garage is the top level. And there's no roof on it, you know, which I don't know why, because it would seem likely to have a roof on any parking garage in Portland, considering how much it rains. I guess the people on the top level are just going to get their car drenched the whole time. But today was a sunny day. And, you know, I wasn't even thinking about what date it was. Not that I would know when the Rose Parade was happening anyways. I, I didn't go down there that much to see it, maybe a couple times. So I didn't care. But, you know, I'm spitting over this balcony. 
one minute after another, you know, time's going by, we're all hanging out, we end up making this kind of our chill spot for like maybe an hour or two, and finally, I start hearing music and drums and all kinds of stuff happening, and I'm like, man, there's got to be something going on right below us, outside of this parking garage on the street, let's go find out what it is. So we, you know, go down the flights of stairs, one after another, circling around, you know, dicking around, taking our jolly good time, because that's what we did. There was a couple skaters with us. They were skating rails, messing around, probably graffitiing and tagging things. We finally get to the level of the street, and I notice a ton of people. And I'm thinking, what could bring out this many people? I'm just not sure what this could be. And as I got closer, I see floats and other things going by on the main street there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know what this is? This is the Rose Parade. The Rose Parade was happening on the street that ran parallel to the edge in which I was spitting off of. And I had to see what the consequences of my spitting was. You know, I just had to. I was like thinking, you know, it wasn't affecting anybody. Who cares? But here is a line of people on the street camped out on chairs and on blankets and just sitting there waiting all day to see this Rose Parade. And I turn the corner to see the spot that's pretty much right in front of where the parking garage corner was that I was spitting over the edge of. And people have all moved over and opened the space where I have been spitting because it was hitting them. And, you know, they look around like like they're waiting for the person who did this to come down and face them. And so I kind of nonchalantly walk over and kind of take a glance. And, you know, I stupidly looked up as if I knew somebody up there had been spitting down, you know. But nobody noticed me. But either way, I realized then my dumbass had been spitting on people who were waiting for the Rose Parade because I was salivating from smoking weed and drinking liquor on top of a parking garage in downtown Portland. Now, I felt terrible. I did. I'm not going to lie. I was. I felt like an ass, because I was. I was a total ass. I mean, I still am. There's no changing the fact that I'm an ass. But this was a new level, a heightened version of an ass that I couldn't even believe. Like, I turned beet red. I felt like such a moron for what I'd done and disgusted with myself. But in the end... You know, there's nothing I could do. It had already been done. And so what did I do? I popped a squat and hung out and watched the Rose Parade because it's free and a good time. So, you know, I have to admit I enjoyed myself then. But the lesson to be learned here is something that everyone already knows, except me, apparently. Don't spit over the edge of a wall when you're in the top level of something because chances are it'll affect somebody somehow. Now, I'm not saying my spit slapped the face of somebody before they moved away. Maybe it did, maybe it didn't. Or maybe they just noticed it happening as they were getting there, as they arrived, and they were like, hey, whatever this is coming down from this building, I don't want to be underneath it. And that's what I'm hoping occurred. But either way, I'm a disgusting idiot for that, and I'm sorry to whoever I affected. Also, if you've never seen the Rose Parade in Oregon, it is awesome in downtown Portland. 
Fantastic time. Free. Check it out. No parking. You're going to get screwed. Walk a very far way to get to the actual event because that's what's going to happen no matter what. Thank you for listening to the Peter Gabbett podcast today, folks. I'm sorry about the delayed episode on account of the technical difficulties going on in the Anchor app, but I will say I love this app. It's free. Check it out. Use it. Make yourself a podcast. There's no reason not to. We all have time on our hands, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Now, I gotta admit, I feel quite fortunate that I hadn't spit on somebody who had a gun, maybe by the name of Janie, who wanted to get revenge on her sadistic and twisted father. Well, there's a song about that, and it's called Janie's Got a Gun by Aerosmith, one of my favorites. Here it is. Just begun Everybody is on a run